Welcome to the moment that changed everything, where we interview notable creative people to gain insights into how they got started and learn more about the moments that shaped them and their careers. Today's guest is Drew Froman. Drew has worked as a writer at some of Canada's biggest agencies and freelanced and many others. That's a, an idea statement, that's not a strategy. I came to realize that a vast majority of people in the industry don't know the difference. And as a freelancer, to get the thing done, you just kind of, a lot of times, like you said, most of the time, you just write your own brief. You got to find the brief inside the brief, right? You listen to what they say and you got into it what they actually want. Starting life as an illustrator at OCAD, Drew managed to make his foray into the ad world while he and a friend created a much-loved sketch comedy show called Hot Dog Boy. It's just one of the interesting topics we get into during this interview that covers his hometown of Wawa and how important strategy is in leading a client to buy. I hope you like it. Drew Froman. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, You'll be happy thanks. to note that uh, you're the first guest from Wawa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that surprising? No, not really. Yeah, I could get you some other guys if you want. Yeah. Uh, I want to start by just talking about where you grew up. You know, Wawa. I don't meet sure. a lot of people from Wawa, but uh, we'll kind of go back and see how that connects somehow with advertising because right. I know that the ad scene in Wawa is probably blowing <laughs> up right now. But Yeah, I still have a, a logo uh, for Wawa Handy Store that's still up that I did. Made, made a good, like, 50 bucks. Oh, so it's like your first freelance gig. Yeah. Yeah, I would just, all my all my logos and stuff, I, yeah, yeah, I just ripped off like 70s album covers. Like it's Aeros, it's the Aerosmith logo that says Huawei Andy store. It's where my dad got his haircut. It was at a convenience store slash barbershop. Is that still around? The store's still around. Really? Yeah. And the logo? Yeah, it's still there. Wow, yeah. that's your kind of, your Wawa legacy kind of. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple of those and yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So what was it like? I mean, I think a lot of people have a notion about what northern towns are like but unless you've lived there you know yeah i don't know uh, pretty idyllic as a kid you know uh biking to the beach running around in the bush all that kind of stuff as a teenager it's just a it's a lot of small town drinking like sort of trailer park boysy sort of foobar that kind of thing a lot mm. of giver and drinking and bush parties and all that um you yeah kind of our high school was i think 300 people total Wow. Like in grade 13, I had classes of like three people, you know? Yeah. Not maybe the strongest education, I have to say. <laughs> you come to Toronto and you go, oh, art programs, stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. So what did, what did your parents do? My dad was a miner, but the miner was an engineer there. Uh, Mom worked at the municipal office. Yeah, mining town. That's where they were all, all up there. A lot of <clears throat> Ukrainians. Polish guys, all those giant, huge-headed, that's what it was up there, yeah. So you went to a small school? Yeah, a little high school, Mishpacotton High School, home of the Vikings. Um, I have a mural up at the high school of a Viking. I stole a Frank Frazetta painting, which was off another album cover, and all that. Yeah, it's all like White Snake and Iron Maiden logos. All Everything I ever did was stealing off. Album covers. Yeah, but I would draw. I drew a lot, painted. Everyone thought, I thought I was going to do, like, write and draw comics. That's why I, I did all, like, uh, spent evenings writing and drawing comics. Wow. So, so how did you get involved in advertising? How did that happen? <clears throat> I went, well, I went to what's okay at you now, I'll say then, um, <clears throat> for that, to draw comics. 
And uh, I, was the, I was the best artist in Wawa. And then I came to the big city and holy Christ, right? Like there's a whole other level. And you know, I had a mini meltdown about that. Um, <clears throat> and then about second or third year, um, found that the level of talent and the level of sort of insane passion you need to actually make it, <clears throat> I didn't have either of those for drawing. And then I took a advertising class with Sandy Keaty and I remember this conversation I had with it because I was in the bottom of the class and all the drawing and painting and stuff like that. And I was kind of like just going to the Beverly and drinking and uh, had this class. And I said to her at one point, I said, so your job, like you, you like you, uh, what is that? I said, so you sit around and think of goofy shit. And she says, yeah. And your and your prep, your preparation and your is to read magazines and like watch TV. She says, yep. I'm like, yeah. So I became like one of the top people in that class, bottom and all the other stuff. And it's like, okay, this, this is fun. Now I'm, I'm doing something where I'm sort of better than average. And uh, yeah. That was, and was that a writing course? No, it was art direction. <clears throat> they were mostly, and then there was a writing class and Al Kazmer. I don't know if you remember oh, that yes. dude. Yeah. yeah. Top, top guy, fascinating guy, amazing speaker. And he, he made it seem so exciting. And it was all about, you know, mining cultures and, and, and finding out what, what it's like to be, you know, a 30 year old person from, from, from Indiana or whatever. And it was like, oh, this is fascinating and taking in culture and books and stuff. So he got me, uh, he, he made it seem incredible. So, uh, he was definitely the guy I was, I was like, I want to do that. And then, and then I became the guy who wrote everyone's body copy because nobody else wanted to, because they're all, you know, artists and art directors and all that. And I'm like, this doesn't seem finished. So then they're like, all right, okay, write it. So then I, I just kind of, and my book, <clears throat> so I'm still going out there as an art director and I don't really have a sense of color and, and like not really a good sense of design really, you know? And I would get it, they would go, you ever, you ever think of being a writer? <laughs> I'd like a polite wave. Because it seems like you're leaning that way. <laughs> yeah. And I, oh, okay, so then, yeah, and then, uh, then I got to use the last year, which is a lot of the, lot of the kids and, the, and a lot of the instructors said that too, because they're real instructors, right? I don't know if they're like that now, but I think they are. But these were, were guys working, guys and gals working in the industry. And so they were like, just use this as a springboard, like build your book, build your book, go out there. And so, yeah, ended up getting a job at uh, Bozell, which ended up uh, turning into DDB. Wow. Now, yeah. I mean, I, I can remember being at my college course in Centennial. There's a lot of people who had already got their BA or whatever, and then were looking to get into the business. And it seems as though you have to end up specializing and going to like an ad-based school or, or take an ad-based curriculum for you to <clears throat> develop a portfolio so you can finally get out there and do it. I, yeah, I don't know if the generation before uh, before me, they were like, you'd hear these like, oh, he was a cab driver and blah, 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 you know, mm. ship worker and all that. But I think, uh, yeah, I think <clears throat> my generation was maybe the first that had, yeah, there were like specific curriculum and um, technically you don't, I suppose, but that's kind of how you learn to build your book and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I can remember coming out of college and not, not having, I guess... It's actually fun to go back and look at your portfolio from when you were just in, in, 
in college and, and, and looking at it and thinking, wow, I thought that was okay to actually be out yeah. there. And it was yeah. pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, we had Chris Hirsch on the show and he actually, at his agency, they, they got everyone to pull in their old college oh, portfolios amazing. and they had a really good time looking at everything and sort of going, <clears throat> and he was actually, I was, I, he was like, oh, I wasn't as bad as a lot of people, right? He was, he was sort of okay with it. But when I look back at mine, I'm positively horrified. Yeah, I've got one I remember. It was Sandy's class, actually. <clears throat> it was for, I think, United Airlines or some airline. And uh, <laughs> uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a drawing. It was supposed to be like a photograph, but, I, you know, I had to do color drawing. It was uh, a leg with a tag on it and an arm and stuff like this. And the idea was that it's like, so you don't lose an arm and a leg? <laughs> but it's an airline thing with arms and legs with tags on them? Oh. And and uh, I was all confident. I drew it, and I had I would kern the type. Like I thought this was amazing, and I walked in with a swagger and I laid this down, you know, in front of Sandy. And I remember just her looking at it, and then she just kind of looked up at me. She's like, "Okay, let's talk after." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> What's that mean, right?" And then as I'm sitting there stewing, as the rest of the kids are looking at the thing, it slowly dawns on me though, what I yeah. I thought you were going to say you, you know, the whole time you thought she's going to pull me aside and tell me I'm made for this business. Right? Well, that's what I thought was going to happen. But then the look in her face was like, oh, no, no, I did something. And then it slowly I figured out what I had. Yeah, I wish I had those. I really wish I had my old book. That'd be uh, great. I, you know, there's the, everybody's different. But I, I think with when it comes to your own ideas and stuff, especially when you're first starting out, you can have you can have people who are like it's kind of like American Idol where you see someone who there's no way they're ever going to make it as a singer. They're just too terrible. No amount of practice is going to make them very good at it. Yeah. And you just know that. And uh, there's that combination of really not knowing what you're doing, but it's supreme confidence that I actually wish that I had. Yeah. I was, you know, I'm, yeah. you were probably the same where you were kind of like, I don't know if any of my ideas are any good. And, you know, people would, would encourage you and it would kind of validate things and kind of, well, maybe I could do this. But then there's that opposite person who's like, yeah. no, this is, what are you talking about? It's amazing. Yeah. There was one guy, uh, and me and me and my buddy, who we, we this guy's confidence was insane, and he, his talent was was almost zero. But he had this swagger, and everyone loved him. He was this handsome dude, and he was like, not a nemesis, but oh, I, I hated this guy because it's like, how can he be so confident? He's not. He's not like everybody puts their stuff up, and he's like B minus tops. Like there's crazy talent in the mm. in the in the year that I went through like and he's just and then he's talking and then he's talking and bullshitting about his his goofy little concept which is like both Rob and I in the back are like what that's not very good but somehow he kind of he just kind of warmed everyone up and then they they loved it and I guess he went off and had a good career I probably shouldn't I don't know I don't know where he is now hopefully he's super successful that would be hilarious I mean I don't think that you can look at the <clears throat> landscape of advertising and what's out there right now and not think to yourself that some people are very good at selling just okay ideas. Yeah. If it was the other, it was the, you know the opposite. It would be like you know. Yeah. British television commercials, which you know apparently everyone is pretty pretty good, but but here I know that it's like there's got to be someone who's really adept at selling pretty crummy stuff. Yeah. To to get it all through. You, I'm sure you found that. I found that too, and it's personality type. Some people are all about the actual thing. Some people are kind of about the thing, but kind of about the talking about the thing. That's a pretty deadly combination. Then there's some who are like, they don't even care about it. They're just really good talkers and pers persuasive people. Yeah. You know? And then there's fucking <laughs> thieves too, right? And they're like, you know, those. 
you know, there's some of those guys too. I don't know if there's a higher per capita <clears throat> of crooks in, in advertising or, uh, or not, but yeah, I guess throughout your career, you're gonna come across a few people who are you know, yeah. charlatan-esque. Yeah, yeah. Who are not, usually not wildly successful. Yeah, yeah, not, not like, not a ton, but, but a few, but most are like pretty damn good talkers, like really persuasive. Uh, yeah, that's a huge part of it. As, as I, and back then, certainly nobody, nobody told us that, you know, but it turned out to be that's maybe the, the biggest thing that maybe we should have all practiced more was the presenting of the idea. That art, when you've got, and you've seen it, I know you've seen it where mm -hmm. um, the client or whoever you're trying to sell an idea to, they've already bought the idea before you've even shown the idea. Yeah. That's a level that it's like, yeah, that's, that's insanely effective. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, when, when, when you, you have children and they're in school and, and they don't teach them anything about money. And you'd think, well, yeah. wouldn't that be part of it? And, yeah. and yeah. Even, even in these curriculums, like you'd think that there would be a little bit more emphasis on the sale. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, bring in those, those people who can really, <clears throat> you know, show you the best practices as it relates to selling an idea because they yeah. exist. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and we've all been in a room with that person who's been able to, yeah, you're right, they're all nodding before it gets out there and by the time they see it, it's like, well, not much to talk about now. Right, foregone conclusion, yeah. 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 Who, are your, who, did you, who are your mentors? Like, who helped you when you were just starting out writing and, and what were they like? I met a guy, <clears throat> which is a whole other thing about the nature of the, of the business that kind of sort of disappeared with the, either, either you're, you're the boss or you're Idina generation machine and there's none of these sort of folk, ACD types in the middle who have the time. But a, a guy, Bruce McDonald, he was a writer, he was at Bozell and he had had his own agency and he was like a, writer writer he was a poet and you know he he understood the craziness of the curtain and you know good and cynical and dark and all that so uh yeah he he loved sort of molding me into this evil little thing um but he was a huge huge mentor and he he showed me so many things and helped like i remember one i sold something to labat and you know it was a big big deal called me Daryl at the end of it. That, that was the other one that the client was like, great work, Daryl. I was like, oh, okay, that's a good lesson. It's like, <laughs> all right. Um, but he said, and I'm talking, I'm uh, kind of a big deal now, right? I sold a print ad to the, on the back of like now to Labatt. Like, I think I've arrived. Uh, and he's like, it doesn't get better. It just gets bigger. I'm like, whoa, that's dark. But in a way, I totally understand what he's talking about. The machine is the same. It gets more complicated, but... Um, it just gets more complicated. I thought that, I don't know, I found, I found that a really interesting, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I don't know what the, you know, the best advice, I guess that's some of the, the advice that he was, he was giving you. I know for me, like, I think one of the best pieces of advice I got about writing was like to resist the urge to write right away. Yeah. You know, don't, don't sit down and start executing yet. Think about what yeah. you're gonna say first and also the, the conceptual development is really about thinking first. And you can write, like I, I was gonna ask you how you like to conceptualize and write, but I know for me it's like, you know, if you are struck with an idea that you think is really fruitful, then you can go ahead and write that, but don't dismiss the discipline of sitting there and trying to mine different, uh, different areas. You know, don't go too deep, but try to have a collection of things that you think are pretty solid before you actually sit down and go, okay, well, I'm gonna flesh out these few ideas yeah that's a that's a big lesson uh for me and i still fight that i still have that don't you know fight that fight that urge i, I try to uh try to do the little 
the treatment is sort of like, okay, describe sort of the idea roughly. Ah, what is it? And then, yeah, stare at that for a while and go, okay, if I've got a few of those, then I'll, you know, SFX, convenience store, ding, you know, customer, you know, that don't get into that stuff right away. It's really hard. Sometimes you just want to go down there, but, and it depends the problem you're solving, right? If you're solving bigger and bigger problems, you really have to make sure you, you, you do that. I think that's one of the things about, you know, when you first start in the business is that you can envision an idea and you can, you can, uh, you can write it and oftentimes you're not writing the real difficult part, which is how does it end or how are you wrapping it up or how are you articulating the idea in a clear and concise way. And really, I mean, some of the great writers that I worked with were, were so hardcore disciplined that they would write the ending first or they would write the announced copy if it was radio first. Yeah. Because they knew that if they had that down cold, then the rest is, is kind of like gravy. Yeah. You know, when you have a destination that you're writing towards, it's a lot easier than having all the fun part up front and then trying to wiggle your way back yeah. to like sort of an ending that makes sense. Yeah. Which is kind of like what you like that doing, doing that, writing that announcer copy is sort of you're distilling. You've got to distill and solve the problem. So now you've solved the problem. Now, how do you how do you get? How do you charm the consumer into taking in that chunk of information? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta solve that. He taught me, Bruce taught me that as a pure writer and all that, but uh, the power of the, of the slogan. If you, can, if you can take that 400 word document and the 84 meetings and all that, and you get it down to three words, like that's an incredible amount of power and an ego boost if you can do that. So that was always the, the grail as a writer, that's a pretty great thing to be able to do that. And people go, yeah, that. And you're like, yeah, not just, yeah, that. I mean, that was really goddamn hard, but it is amazing when people go, yeah, that. You just took everything swirling around in all our heads and that's it. Boiled it down, Oops. boiled it yeah. down to yeah. three three or four words, a collection of words. Yeah, that can, that can work out of context, you know, which is an incredible thing, yeah. I think that's what makes it difficult. Like, you know, I, I always tell people, I've, I've explained to my father a million times what I do. He still doesn't know what I do. Yeah. Right? And that there's a lot of misnomers out there about what we do is that oftentimes it falls on the creative people to kind of... I'm beating the shit out of this. Okay. Sorry, Josh. Okay. I know. Yeah. 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 You're like, yeah, yeah. By the end, you're like, Jesus, Drew. Get your shit together. You work in a studio. What the in all fairness, you, you did warn him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it does fall on creative people sometimes to actually even, you know, make the brief make sense. I always tell yeah. people, I think I've received maybe one brief in my entire career that I thought was actually really solid and allowed me to just run with creative really yeah. freely. The other ones were actually, you know, getting a document where you're looking at it and you're questioning it and you're sort of thinking, well, it's not quite there yet, so I'm going to help do that first. Yeah. And then, you know a lot of that work is what falls on the shoulders of creative people because you're kind of the last you know, link in the chain, right? It, at that point, you're gonna to have to start to realize ideas and if that document is somehow not accurate then. Or how many times have you done a job where you've actually created an ad that really doesn't connect to the brief, but the ad is so good that the, the, the account team goes, yeah, well, forget about the brief. I mean, let's just go this, down this road. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. As well, I mean, working as a as a freelance writer, you find out all that. You find out the real rules of sort of a human interaction and, and what people are all kind of doing. They can say they're doing this and mining strategy and this, that. But when it's, a lot of times it comes down to that, a clever little line. And then it's like, 
but what about all that? And as an intermediate freelance writer, I would get in all these kind of, uh, you know, little scuffles with all these people, like trying to nail down, no, that's a that's a, an idea statement, that's not a strategy, right. you know? And then I, I came to realize that a vast majority of people in the industry don't know the difference. Right. And as a freelancer, to get the thing done, you just kind of, a lot of times, like you said, most of the time, you just write your own brief. And then you go from there, and they don't know that you rewrote the brief. You call it a, uh, I explored another direction. But what you did is you rewrote the brief, and then you wrote ads to that. And they're like, yeah, sure. That's a that's a huge one is is especially as a freelancer and also on the on the audio side too. You got to find the brief inside the brief, right? You listen to what they say and you got into it what they actually want. And I that's a massive one with with uh, writing. That's a weird thing. You can't tell that to kids like well, no goddamn strategy and you make up your own and all that. Like you have to kind of learn how to how to do that but okay that's a thing that i don't understand is why aren't strategy people in this industry grizzled old writers um because you know because you've had to solve <clears throat> you know thousands and thousands of these kind of strategies there comes a point where you kind of have that zen thing where like you read a strategy and almost instantly you either get a pit in your stomach like oh shit yeah. Right. Or it's like, oh, this is a springboard. Right. Dang. It's like you could do this. We could do this. We could do that. I don't know if any of those could work work, but it's a springboard. It's, it's making it fun to come up with. And unless and you have you have to have lived those things, you have to have sat there for like 60 hours trying to make sense of this brief. It doesn't make sense to get that right. And if you just kind of learned it in university and you've never had to actually solve the brief. You're just making briefs. I don't think you can get there. It's, I guess it'd be like, I don't know. Hey, I'm an architect, but you know, have you ever actually walked inside of your building or have you ever lived in one? No, I don't really. I just, you know what I mean? I don't really leave the office. Like, like that kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And you, you bring up a good point. I don't think, you know, I don't know why there isn't more like senior, senior writers that are out there that have kind of made that transition to strategy. I think you still have this idea, this, you know, this territory that has you have very strategic writers. And I think in every writer you have, you know, you got to have both and that there's degrees of yeah. strengths there. There you have some writers who are incredibly strategic, not incredibly creative, and they're successful because yeah. they've got that left brain thing going and whatever they end up doing, you know, it's not going to be wrong. Yeah. And then on the other side, you have these brilliant executors who can somehow not even really have a strong grasp of the strategy, but they solve it creatively such that they're incredibly successful too, even though a, str a strategic person might look at it and go, well, it's not quite, but it doesn't matter. It kind of transcends that. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, everybody is a balance of, of those two things and they're gonna have yeah. one strength, you know, one, one muscle that is uh, a little yeah. bit bigger than the other. Totally. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I was, uh, there's this young writer, I'm, um, uh, um, uh, trying to help find a, a job right now, and he's an interesting case of. I haven't had this. I I, I suspect I, I don't know how uh, you've had this, but almost always with you know young, with the young writers is like oh they'll have a really clever ad, but the sort of the underpinning campaign idea is probably either non-existent or pretty fluffy, and you know, uh, but this guy's got like he's got these 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 slogans that are like whoa that's a really cool human area that you could just blow out a million ads and his ads are okay they're raw and, and he can just get better and better at that 
but he's an interesting case of like, he's got like two or three campaigns that are like, those are really great uh, campaign ideas. Mm. Like that positions them. I, I've never had that before. That's really interesting. This guy, he's that. Yeah, I think too, I mean, uh, of course, when you, when you get into the business, you are you know, affixed to whatever technology is out there for you to express your ideas. Yeah. And I, I don't know what era would have been in, but, you know, to then look at a portfolio that looks completely realized, fully realized, comp to the extent that it's yeah. real. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, part of me almost thinks that it's sort of, uh, it didn't help the strategic side of things because you could make something look so pretty and, and, and real that it kind of leapfrogged that. And I don't know what, what happened there. I think, you know, there's less places to hide. That's why, you know, I've always been drawn to radio. I know you've been drawn yeah. to radio is that yeah. you can't get away <clears throat> with, uh, any kind of razzle dazzle as, as it relates to visually solving things because you have to do it all with words. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. I mean, I, I know in my career, I would, I would come across writers who were just deathly afraid of radio. Didn't want to do it. They were like, I know I, I have, I worked with one writer who was like, I don't do it. What do you mean you got to write the? I don't write radio. Yeah, I had that for a while. I remember I had to do a radio campaign as a, a younger writer, and I, I that was like just, I lost my shit because I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm just not that guy. I guess I can't write radio. I can't do it. Can't do it. And it was because of that. It's like none of the tricks work. None of them. Because <clears throat> you have, like you said, you got to solve that underpinning thing for radio, especially if you're going to do a campaign. <clears throat> you got to have a really tight sort of logic line to, to get you. You can't just go, oh, we're going to bang out three that take place on a mountaintop. It doesn't yeah. work that way. You have to really go, what is the thing? Yeah. And, and are we allowed to talk about that? We work together. Is that a secret Absolutely. thing? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, did, we did work together for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Steve's the funniest guy I ever met. How about that? <laughs> we told a story of yours that we're not going to repeat here. Uh, one of the great stories you got, we told it this weekend actually to Adrian Newbold. You know Adrian? Oh yeah, I remember, yeah, of yeah, yeah, because he knows Megan all that stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So we told it was the one in the theater, varsity <laughs> theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I know this yeah. is a podcast. We probably probably tell it, but it's actually no, we can't. Actually, no, it's the, it's too un PC to tell. <laughs> yeah, um, shocking, wow. really. Yeah, yeah. still yeah. Us, that line slaughters <laughs> the uh, best. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why I learned. I mean, I learned that uh, you're talking about the uh, the execute thing. That was that was that was in there. I think uh, that might have been you you saying it. I was like, I still. I mean, last week I was doing that. I was like, don't fucking start writing the script. Just what's well, the thing? What's the thing? And I got it from Tom Gowdy, and I think Tom Gowdy yeah. got it from Tom Nelson. Oh yeah. I think he was the one to say resist the urge. The line I think was resist the urge to execute. Yeah, that's great. And uh, it's great advice. I mean, it really forces. It's not comfortable because it's the hard part, but it's it's usually the most freeing part in the end because once you do that work, then you can really start to to explore other things. But until you do that, you don't really have much. And I'd much rather be on the side of being strategic because you're going to have to sell it at some point. And it can't be just a subjective call. Yeah. You know, you really got to help. You know, you got to hope like hell that your client is on the same wavelength and subjectively likes the same things as you do. Yeah. Um, or else it's going to be a long day in that boardroom to try to get to convince them to buy something. Whereas if the strategic part's done, I think they can even struggle with the fact that they might not even like the way that you executed, but they can't argue with how strong it is. Yeah. Yeah. And more and more because of the nature of it, it's like you're, you're 
less and less you're going to be presenting that. More and more, it's just going to live in a deck. Um, also, it has to be presentation proof because even if even if uh, you you uh, win the day, uh, that client still has to go sell it to whoever, right? Internally and all that stuff, and they don't they don't have your you know sparkling wit, right? So it kind of has to be presentation proof. So the underpinnings pretty much have to be there. It's true. Know? And you're always going to have those scenarios too where, you know, you might have a great idea to solve something through audio. So let's, let's take a really heavily sound. Oh, let's take a sound, make a song out of it, right? That's right. That's, we've all done that. Yeah. 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 And you know that like, you know, maybe in execution it turns out to be a wonderful thing, but on paper, try to sell that now. Yeah. Sound yeah. effect. I always say, you know, to uh, young writers, it's like if, if the, if in parentheses after sound effects, if the line in the parentheses is longer than two lines, you're, you're in deep trouble. Oh, that's great. Right? Yeah. Like if yeah. you have sound effects, uh, parentheses, uh, spaghetti hits wall, slides <laughs> down slowly, makes splat at bottom, and then, you know, and then a child yells, hooray. You, you're like, I, I, you yeah. know, you got to go back. Yeah, and you're in for a world of yeah. hurt. That is just a horrible day. <laughs> You've got to be yeah. like a you know 12th degree black belt in selling yeah. if you're going to get somebody to look at that. And then of course yeah. you know as an audio director, I'm sure you look at that and go, uh, oh yeah, that's yeah you get those and you go, okay, we're going to have to have a call like today yeah. with the creative team and let's yeah. your yeah. sound effects is 14 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was another one that um, no, that's not a fun one. That's a retail. Uh, thing, you know, one thing I do is I like to uh, I forget where I got it is I'll, I'll draw a line, usually blank page, and I'll do a little line here, and then the random, you know, you're you're solving over here, you're kind of making progress, but over here you go Bleh, wheelbarrow, whatever, you know what I mean, sandals or the thing, and so you don't lose those. I that's just a goofy little trick that I find super helpful. Yeah, no, I I, th I think that and everybody has a different way of working and stuff, but I you know. I don't know. I hear people. It's like I, I keep a pad by the by, by my nightstand, and if, if in the middle of the night I have an idea, I'll lean over. I've never done that in my life. Never, eh? Never. Do you okay. do that? Do you ask your brain I've questions done it. at night? Uh, it'll, so, sometimes things will things will come. I uh, recently I've been uh, uh, writing down stuff while I'm high, just to <laughs> see what it is. Not a good not a good <laughs> not hit a rate. Idea. Not a good hit rate. Not a lot of really good ideas. Yeah, but, but it's fun time. to yeah, it's fun to look at. Like, they're just bad. They're just not even like whoa. They're just bad ideas. You're like, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, but it's fun to do. Look at it later. Yeah, yeah, I guess I think there's there's two two camps there. There's people who believe that you know drug induced creativity is something that's like amazing and you can go places you've never been before. And there's other people who's like that's never a good idea. Yeah, I don't know. I've never done it on like acid or anything. Maybe you do. Maybe it's a whole other thing. But I don't know. I can't. I can't write high or drunk or anything like that. Old Bukowski things. Like I don't think. I. I doubt it, man. I don't know. I just get dull and stupid. It seems like a you know a, an old school kind of thing. But then yeah. there's a part of me about the industry that loved hearing those stories. Those old school yeah. people who worked in the business when when it was very common to go out and have like, you know, a bunch of drinks at lunch. <laughs> yeah. Come back to the agency half corked and, you know, come up with yeah. ideas. And I don't know how they did it actually. Well, you look back and you go, they didn't really come up with a lot of ideas. Like their work, their work week is like nothing compared to, you know, the volume of, of stuff that has to be done now. I mean, it was just, you know, yeah, it was easy peasy for them. The more and more older I get, the less I think those boomers were the golden, whatever, greatest generation. Where it's like, mm. 
No, yeah. you're not feeling it. No, no. They get it easy. They get, uh, hey, I bought a house on two years' salary, you know. Hey, I just walked into a place and they gave me a job. It's like, wow. Yeah. You're bragging about that? Like, yeah. doesn't that seem like... Yeah, I want to cave your head in right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't you go buy a house? Because, uh, yeah, it's 40 years of salary for the down payment. Yeah, I? I can remember yeah. a senior level guy kind of going, well, you know, why don't, why don't you just, you know, why don't you put 90000 down on a, on a home and stuff like that? And I was like, if I had $90,000 yeah. just parked somewhere, first <laughs> yeah. of all, you should chastise me because it's probably not supposed to be just in an account with sitting there, right? <laughs> and otherwise, you know, what planet are you living on that I just got, you know, a hundred grand kicking around? It's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but I always loved negotiating <laughs> with those guys. It's always better to negotiate with someone who's wealthy. That's what I found in my career. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Because for them, what, what you want is usually insignificant to them. Yeah. They're more inclined to give it to you because they don't, they're kind of like, well, you just, you just want that? And it's like, yeah, well, I know, that would be, I'd be good with that. Okay, well, that was easy. Right? I just feel, find that, you know. That's funny. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. I, I remember... Uh... Uh, a guy taught me that. Actually, Bruce said that to me. He said, uh, you're asking for a bonus or whatever. First, you, you butter up the creative director, whoever. Oh, I'm starting a family. Da, 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 da. You don't get them nodding, They're, you know, the life stuff. And then, then you say this cartoonishly large number because it won't be to them. And then don't say anything and just sit there. And you just got to hold it and let this, and just let it, and whoever speaks next wins the negotiation. And I, I did that one time when I got a big, big fat, what I thought was massive, massive bonus. And yeah, yeah, guy was good. And then he walks out. And 10 years later, uh, sitting around, they had a little reunion. I'm like, hey, you remember that? Because it was like enough money that, that changed. Like, I got to buy a house with this money. Right. I'm like, hey, you remember that thing, man? That was incredible. He goes, what thing? I'm like, he didn't even remember. Like, I, I don't, I like the kind of money that was swirling around. I, it's like to him, it was zero. It's crazy. Yeah, I think, look, <clears throat> I think some people, of course, are great negotiators, just innately have that ability. I think... I think going in and asking for more money is like one of the hardest things to do. I think it's only trumped by actually walking in and saying you're leaving. Yeah. You know, those are two moments that like, I don't, I don't think you're human unless even, even if you're in a position where you don't really even like it, it's still hard to break up with someone. It's still hard to sit in front of a, someone yeah. who's hired you and say, you know what? We're not going to date anymore. I'm leaving. Right. Yeah. Like it's tough to, it's just tough to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think I think for you know people in the business who are who are asking for money, you know, it's like it is one of those 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 really tough conversations to have. Plus, in our business, I'm not sure you. Could, it's even harder to put a price on what you do. What we well, do. especially now, right? Things are changing. I I don't know what the going rate of things are. It completely, it seems to be completely different. Different agencies come from different things if they were a digital agency now they're full service or if they were uh, below the line like yep. the economics and the expectations of what a you know a creative writer is means different things and all those different people so um i'll uh, uh, creative director said this he, he said man creative people are so so easy to negotiate with like it's so easy it's like hey okay so you got a creative or something and they <laughs> you know they want a bonus or they want to you know a raise or whatever they want and just before the meeting, maybe a little before, maybe a couple of days before, I used to, the last campaign you did, uh, I did quite hit it, eh? Anyways, okay, let's, so let's talk about your salary, right? <laughs> That's it, easy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you know exactly who I, who I learned that from. Uh, <laughs> yeah crazy right but that's true it's absolutely because we're full of swirling doubt yeah, yeah. actually 
Uh, I was, uh, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've gone down that Robert hole. Sure. Yeah. He, he mentioned something that I never heard anyone really say is he said, you know, for creative people, it's difficult for them to, um, be satisfied in any position or job. And the reason is because creative people have lots of ideas all the time. And in many ways they have more options than other maybe other people because they they can envision and think about new things and yeah. but that it's 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 counter to them actually choosing one and believing it whereas other left brain kind of you know vocations they can just kind of look at it and go this is what it is yeah so it was it was interesting i'd never heard anybody really say that and yeah that totally makes sense yeah yeah cuz you can imagine yourself oh i'm going to you know i don't know going to paint something in Costa Rica or no, 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 no. I want to be a financial something. I'm going to write this stuff or I'm going to, it could be anything in her. Yeah. You can imagine anything. Well, I think of, I think about you in particular as it relates to this, because you had that, that hot dog boy thing that I think, I think everybody, every creative that I, you know, talked to about it or who, who yeah. watched it or yeah. consumed it would kind of go, Oh, that's kind of something I would like to do because it was so much more purely creative as a form of entertainment then and I think a lot of writers and advertising are kind of like that they were yeah. like oh god I hate doing the hard part where you have to sell a product or a service it'd be much better to just create entertainment for the sake of entertainment but yeah. tell me about hot dog boy because I don't really know about about how that began and what 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 that does it even exist online can I see it I think uh, yeah Rob put up a bunch in, on uh, a bunch around YouTube uh, the restaurant my hard drive uh, he has <laughs> yeah we put up a few um Hot Dog Boy was with my buddy. Um, it was pre pre YouTube, pre eh, sort of pre internet too. So we were shooting little short films on uh, on digital digital cameras. Then I had a G G five I think with the massive hard drive and got Adobe Premiere and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we just made one where he was like um, he was just sticking his finger in jam and looking right at me and it was cutting back and we put some cello music on it it was just very weird and because hot dog boy was the was the creative partner that you were working with uh, he was just my best friend from from oca again okay he <laughs> he i hated him uh uh because he was amazing he's so fucking oops he's so lazy but brilliant he uses his genius so he doesn't have to do work mm. uh, so i worked with him at this place once and i was like grinding and i'm working i'm working and he's like he just he's he's he just sat there and figured out because he's yeah he just figures out the most brilliantly efficient way to, to do something just because he doesn't want to work hard and uh um damn i forget where, where was i where was i going with that oh he did this thing i don't say one of the first things so we had to do like a portrait uh, this is colored pencil. I slaved away, and everyone else did too. That's one of the first classes. Like, holy cow! Like the the level is up here. And then he comes with something he rattled off that night, and it was like a cartoon Grim Reaper. And it just and he didn't put a lot of work into it. Now he's got a insanely talented, so his character design is is great. But he just did. He made the eyes, little glowy eyes, red and blue, red and blue. And our and our teacher was like, he's a classical artist from Italy and all this stuff. And he's like, what is this? And then and then Rob pulls out some three D glasses, and there's this guy, you know, this guy was like two thousand dollar prod or whatever. I don't know. Like this guy was like a serious dude. And then he's got these he's three D glasses. Like wow, it's coming right out at me. And then he got an A plus. I'm like, 
you know. So that's how, that's him, that's, yeah. So then he was a big part of that whole hot dog boy because he would just come up with super simple, crazy ideas and then I would I would do the editing. But, and you, t- you told me that at some point you guys were pursuing this and you got some traction somewhere. Someone was interested. <clears throat> yeah, uh, guys from, uh, do you remember Ask a Ninja? That was pre, that's pre-YouTube. Uh, hmm. And so producers, some guys from LA that came up and then, yeah, we were going to, so again, it was going to be subscription thing. Everything red, red versus blue did this. It's like, Hey, subscribe. And then you get, you know, a short film a month. So that was going to be the deal, but with a bunch of life stuff got in the way, but yeah, that was a, that was an option there. So I, we ended up doing about, I think about 20 of these things. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they all ended up the same way. Basically us looking at each other and weird homoerotic ways with goofy music <laughs> yeah ari and chris they did they did a ton of the tracks of pirate oh, really yeah 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 they did oh. uh yeah they did a bunch yeah film festivals got to go to film festivals this would have been early what this would have been two- early 2000s i yeah. think yeah just before youtube okay so we got uh we had a yeah we were getting a million views one of them got a million views a lot of uh military bases liked it which mm. is weird you know yeah. So how would I see that on YouTube? I put I just put in Hot Dog Boy. Yeah. Uh, because I tr- I think I tried to look for it. I couldn't find it. I don't know. You know. I'll have to find it. There, it's on there somewhere, but it's buried under a million other Hot Dog Boys. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah. I don't know. They're still funny. Though. There's a couple that are really funny. Yeah. I remember them being hilarious. Yeah. And I mean, you could just yeah. look at. Um, you could just look at them, and it, and it would be hilarious just just to even look at them. His eyes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a star. He's really funny. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I mean, I, I ask, I ask everybody, you know, like what the, what the craziest client story they ever had. It's kind of a recurring thing so far. I know. Uh, I remember I was I, I really wanted to put together a book of like crazy client stories, and I remember talking to one writer, and he said, "Yeah, I was, I was presenting a script, and in the script it was like it was a parade, and." Um, uh, it was for a shoe company, and the parade is going along, and of course, you know, there's like, you know, horses or elephant or some some animal is, you know, bringing up the rear of the parade, and it ends up like defecating, and then someone s- steps in it, and um, <laughs> it was for, it was a concept for a shoe company or something like this, right? right. Oh, okay. And he, and he right. presents it to the client, and the client sits back and he goes, "Yeah, I like, I really like this. This is great. It's it's poop, and poop is edgy." So that was like you know, going to be the little quote about his story was that poop, poop is edgy. Right. But uh, I mean, I'm sure over the course of your career, you've had some uh, interesting stories. I got one. I got a, a studio one that comes that comes to mind. A writing one. I don't know. Um, but a studio one. It was uh, it was for a casino. Um, and uh, I think it West or something like that. And the agency was in Toronto. And so we get the script and, and the, the client had already written. Like the writer's like, yeah, it's just, we got to get this done. He just, the client he just, took he just it wilted. Yeah, they called him, his nickname was Cowboy X. They called him because he was from like Alabama. He came in and he, and like, you know, all these polite Canadians. <laughs> he would talk like this and all that. And, and I don't know if that's a Sesame Street reference, Cowboy X. And um, uh, so I see the script. And so it's for a... Um, the script itself was glorious and the prize was too. So the prize, it's for slots. And the grand prize was 
you could get shot into space. It was some company in Florida. <laughs> was, wow. <laughs> yeah, some some company in Florida would launch you into what was legally the stratosphere and then parachute you back. Can you imagine? I don't, like a I don't think lot. you even have to write a script. I think it's just, <laughs> yeah. just announce the fact that someone is launching a body into space and it would be enough to just go, oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the client had written what he ended up with is, uh, it's a <clears throat> captain, we're all on a spaceship. And the captain was like, oh, is your captain speaking? And something about, I don't know what, right? Some crazy, <laughs> crazy things like, but on an audio side, as you know, it's like, oh, okay, spaceship, space sounds, that's fun. You never, never get to do that. So, okay, sure. So we do this thing and I made the mistake of, of not, uh, so the client's remote. So we're working with the agency. We get to take, we build pretty much the whole thing, which was, I should have gone after the voices to get the, get the thing but we've got this pretty much built because it was actually fun to do so then we get on the phone with this guy we send him an mp3 or whatever cowboy x yeah cowboy x yeah and uh and uh so he gets on. i've never had this so he he, he goes so what do, what do you think you know you got it and he's on the speakerphone he goes he goes i hate it <laughs> okay now i'm gonna go through it with you i'm gonna tell you all the things i hate and that's how he just goes through and it starts like a second in key. You hear that sound? I hate that sound. And then I go, I hate how this guy talks. And he just went through it and he hated everything. But you start to realize like he wanted like, once you heard his voice, it's like, oh, this guy wants bigger, bigger, bigger. So then we just went back and put it through like a Michael Bay filter, just <laughs> huge. Send the back goes, I love it. Except make that space sound, make it bigger. It's like, you got it. And well, yeah, so I don't know, that was really fun. Did it make it better? It made it, it was just crazy. The whole thing, none of it made any goddamn sense. It, yeah. I guess in a way it did, because it was just so over the top, but you didn't even understand, like that what I told you, you didn't yeah. really know that it was being shot in space. Like it didn't really, it didn't make sense, but it didn't matter, right? You know, that's, <laughs> as you know, so many times, meaning it doesn't matter. Have you had, you've had this, I'm sure, maybe this is more of an audio thing, and maybe it is. Like you read so many goddamn scripts, like I've done like nine hour sessions, mm -hmm. Where like at the end of it, you're like, I, I don't even know what the what the product is. Like, I kind of know we're selling a APR something for yeah. a bank, but I don't know what the what the loan is. But I know how to read it and know the ups and downs. I can go, ah, oh, the intent of this and now they're trying to make me feel that. But it is weird. It's like, oh, would you what, what's the product? I'm like, I honestly don't know. But I've now read it 50,000 times. Weird, eh? Like. Yeah, you'd think that if you spent that much time going over scripts, spending that much time in studio, and to craft something that actually has a point, <laughs> yeah, that you'd be able to kind of press time out. But then, I think too, you know, um, you know, I've said this before to other people about how you have to have this tenacity as it relates to creative, and but. When you say nine hour sessions, that's not a joke. You've been in a session for nine hours working on a 30 second piece of communication. And if, you're, if you've hit hour seven and you still have the, the, the gumption and the grit to stand up and say, hey everybody, we just wasted seven hours because we're not really there yet. If you have that much, if, you, if you're that much of a sadist that you could go, I want to crack this sucker open after seven hours, then I'm, yeah, you're getting a high five from me because you got more <laughs> balls than anybody I know. Because yeah. most of us will just will, most of us will go, I think if I last two more hours, this could be over. Yeah, you yeah. Know? There's three people in here with kids and you're deciding <laughs> that, really? This thing? I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's not a really, a, it's, not a, it's not a writing thing. It's, I guess it's, that's more of an execution of the writing thing. But still, it's the same thing. You've got these people 
Well, and I think also, you know, too, it's like it's not it's 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 not that someone hasn't seen the script. You know that that's this script has been written, presented to a creative director, then presented to a client, and then purchased, and now you're in a studio and you're looking at it, going, I don't think anybody's looked at this. But really, the reality is, someone's looked at it, but they've just gone, ah, oh, fuck it, you know, like yeah, yeah. there's just too many too much stuff on their plate that they can't win, they can't fight that fight right now. Yeah, and so you're of course. You know, you're the the last yeah. uh, stop, and now you got to ask yourself whether or not you're you're willing to go to war for it. Yeah, and you know, taking it back to the strategy thing, that's exactly a lot of times you'll you'll get that strategy, and you go, okay, these two things literally don't make sense. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too, and I get it. Everyone wants to say everything or get everything, and they want to, you know, think it's, I don't know, we're simplifying, but also these seven features, and you go, okay, that can't. So you you kind of got to figure out a way to go I've done this I'm doing this more and more it's like so just so I'm clear the main message aka the strategy is and they go yeah it's like okay great right but you're not saying hey, I'm rewriting your strategy but you are right but you just do that you're so helping everyone, yeah you got an email chain of like yeah this is the thing right no no we need another thing okay great then we'll add that but at least now we know that happens a lot. Well, and I think you're you're a writer. Your pedigree is writing. Mine is too. And when I would be in those scenarios, you really do want to help the writer. Like you don't want to you don't want to blow up the day just to blow it up. You actually want to kind of help take it from maybe what their intent was that wasn't quite clearly articulated, and you want to edge towards that. You know. Oh yeah, helping the writer. Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking about I was talking about actually writing, but yeah, you're you're absolutely true. But yeah, you're. You know what's funny is, and Gaudi said this to me, is like, you'd be surprised how few of the guys that you, guys and gals that you think are going to be your regulars or your regulars. And he's, he's right. It was really wild. I, I, I find sometimes we can do like a little writer to writer thing, but there's a lot of times it's like they're folks that I am very different from, which, uh, which I was surprised at. Because I guess that makes sense because I don't need another, if I'm, if I'm me, I don't need another of me in there right i need someone with an entirely different sort of vibe so i'm finding that's happening which is mm. pretty cool yeah so um so i'm gonna finish with two more questions i ask all the senior writers and creative people who come in here whatever it is they're doing what's the what advice would you give uh, a young creative person who's looking to break into the business um <clears throat> Well, I'm assuming that they already love writing and love reading and all that kind of stuff. Re reading is a huge one. I'm, I'm constantly blown away by uh, folks who say they're writers and just don't read, which is wild. But I would say strictly on getting, getting a job, O'Reilly gave me this. He said, uh, just research the people you're going to go see. See what they've done and then just have a couple of questions. You'll probably find something. You look up their stuff. Oh, they did that? Oh, that's cool. How'd you shoot that? Or how'd you do that? Or what was the idea there? Those kind of things. Huge. Huge. Have a genuine interest. Yeah, yeah. Or even at the very least, you're stroking their ego, which is what a lot of this is. Sometimes almost all of the process is making sure that's happening. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, I, I found that super valuable. And yeah. What's going on with you now? You're, you're, you're still freelance writing and you're... Yep. Freelance writing and... and uh, 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 audio director at uh, Tattoo, kind of doing, kind of doing both. Um, yeah, about half and half. Um, yeah, I really like the writing side and and how 
I'm, I'm finding in my experience anyways, that there was a, there was a about 10 year period where all the mediums are completely in flux. And then, so as you know, can was like that too, is like, Oh, somebody just came up with a really clever way to use Google maps award, right? Oh, somebody, Oh, vine came out, ah, do something award, and that's cool. But as things, have roughly as far as mass marketing has settled down you know some people folks basically live on facebook or they live on instagram or snap or whatever you know mm -hmm. it's like well those are all just kind of i mean we all said that you know the writers sitting around having beers you know we all said it's like it's still storytelling you're still it's just the mediums we've always been media agnostic nobody else thought that it's like do you do seo so you look it up you're like what, finding the, the right words? <laughs> yes. Do you do CRM, customer relationship management? Yes, I do. So now I type in CRM in my LinkedIn. But now it's kind of settled down into, well, Facebook is kind of and print and or video. You know what I mean? Right. It, it still comes down to, you still got to do that thing, find the idea and then blow it up. Even more so now, because a campaign isn't just like, oh, we're going to bang out three things you're bang up 40 like this thing yeah. has to be able to say 40 goddamn things which is you know a bigger problem but yeah i mean i think for people who want to get involved in being a writer in advertising or designer or whatever it is that um you know when people talk about well isn't that industry dying and it's like no but i again back to the misnomers about our business and what we do is that if you have the ability to take a whole bunch of information and distill it down in a in a in a concise way yeah, yeah. which is such a big part of the job if you can do that you'll always have a job and yep. and the people who have who are the most sought after are the people who do that really well and it doesn't matter if it's on tv or if it's a piece of content or it's you know a fridge magnet a tray liner it doesn't matter if you can do that well yep letter from the ceo all that stuff yeah. so much of it is organizing and distillation yeah yeah yeah, almost all. Yeah, it's like whatever medium you want. Sure. Phenomenal. That's a great that's a great thing to be able to do, which then gets back to reading more, thinking, right. thinking a little smarter, resisting the urge. It's, it's a great one. It really is. A you great know, one. you know what's going to happen now. <clears throat> We're going to have somebody contact us and go, you told me I would always have a job in advertising. <laughs> <laughs> well, until the Sorry. algorithms, you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I have it. Yeah. I want to tell uh, I want to tell a story of how I, my first job, how I got I got uh, my first job. So uh, interviewing all around the city, you know, uh, getting pretty good, getting pretty good uh, sort of thing. But oh, we don't have anything for you here. Don't have anything for you here. But I, I'm meeting all sorts of people in the industry. It's all going really wonderfully. Um, haven't gotten anything yet, but I got a feeler out here. Right here, you know, and I'm updating my brother and I'm updating my dad. You, know, you got a job yet? You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> no, no, but it's feeling good. And he's like, uh, anyways, I go into Bozell and it's Paul Haynes, the guy who, who had, hey, had just done the black label stuff, right? Like mm. this guy's a, like, and so he hired me ironically, not as a writer, as an art director, because he was going to, he needed kind of both and blah, blah, blah. anyway, so it's kind of ironic that. Anyways, I got a job and I got an offer and it wasn't bad. Like the money was like livable, hmm. uh, which is not, wasn't the expectation at all at, at the time. And then I, so I got to a pay phone, right? And I call my brother and I go, hey, 
I got a job. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, he's been, he's been sort of keeping track of me and all that. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. That's great. Uh, have you, have you, have you told, have you told dad yet? And I go, no, no, not yet. And uh, he goes, uh, how do you think he's going to be able to turn into a negative? And I'm like, you know what? I really don't know. He's like, well, call me back and let me know. So I'm like, that's funny. Hang up, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. call my dad. Hey, dad, dad, guess what? You know, I just got out of thing. I got offered a job. I'm gonna, I got a job. He goes, oh, yeah? What happened to those other two places? They didn't offer you anything? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> they didn't think you were any good. Yeah. I only got one job. Sorry. What? Yeah. Anyways, I always thought that was a funny, funny story. That's a good. That's yeah. a good. That's a good story. I think it's yeah. a great way to, to to wrap up. All right. I want to thank you for being on the on the. Thanks, Steve. Show. It was fun. Really fun. Yeah. Really yeah. appreciate it. Weird not uh, drinking. Yeah. Talking to you. Right. <laughs> this is gin. <laughs> yeah. This episode has been brought to you by the National Advertising Challenge, North America's only brief-based challenge that sends winners to Cannes, France. 